Chapter 65 Divine Love and Human Rejection of It I have listened and heard. They have spoken what is not right. No man repented of his wickedness, saying, What have I done? Everyone turned to his course, like a horse charging into the battle. Even the stork in the sky knows her seasons, and the turtle dove and the swift and the thrush observe the time of their migration. But my people do not know the ordinance of the Lord. Jeremiah 8, 6-7 The prophet is predicting judgment upon rebellious Israel. He is depicting the woes that were suspended over Jerusalem like the sword of a destroying angel, sorrow upon sorrow, terror upon terror, death upon death. Through this infinite gloom there shoots rays of light, as once again God makes mention of His love. How brightly these words of love gleam through the terrible darkness! But Israel quenches all these beams. He will have none of them. He loves the darkness rather than the light. He says, Darkness, you be my light. Evil, you be my good. Night, you be my day and at last God leaves him to his doom. The Lord has rejected and forsaken the generation of his wrath. Jeremiah 7, 29. Let us now look at the two sides of the picture, the divine and the human, the heart of God and the heart of man, God's attitude towards man and man's attitude towards God. For what is written here for Israel is written for us. God's love and man's rejection of it are the two points. 1. God's love. I have listened and heard, they have spoken what is not right. He speaks as one on the watch for good, not for evil, like the prodigal son's father looking eagerly for his son's return. The scene reminds us of Christ's If You Had Known, Matthew 12, 7, and Luke 19, 42. It reminds us of how can I give you up, O Ephraim? Hosea 11:8, and of as often as I have spoken against him, I certainly still remember him. Jeremiah 31:20. It tells us of God's eager desire to hear the faintest sigh of the returning sinner, his longing to get one word of remembrance from his alienated sons and daughters. It tells us also of God's disappointment at hearing nothing from us, at man's silence, distance. And refusal to return. God is not indifferent to man's position, danger, or wretchedness. He doesn't say, as we do, it is his loss, not mine, or he has no one but himself to blame for it, let him take it. He never loses sight of us, he pities us, yearns over us, and longs to hear the inquiring voice and the sound of the returning footstep. When he does not hear it, it grieves him at the heart. His heart is turned within him. His repentings are kindled together. He is hearing and listening at our doors to catch the lowest word or sigh. Each day he listens. He listened this morning when you rose. He listens now. Oh, the joy it would give him to hear from any of you who say, I will get up and go to my father. Luke 15, 18. Will you not give him this joy? Will you grieve him by your silence? Will his long suffering not melt you? And two, man's rejection of it. This is very strongly put in our text in several ways and forms. One, the wrong words. He did hear words from them, but not those he wanted. 
Perhaps they were the words of pride, self-righteousness, blasphemy, worldliness, and lust. They were not the prodigal son's words, I will get up, which alone are sweet to him. Perhaps they were the words of the self-sufficiency of the Pharisee, I thank you that I am not like other people, Luke 18.11, or We are lords, Jeremiah 2.31, King James Version, or We are the temple of the Lord, and not God be merciful to me, the sinner, Luke 18.13. They have spoken what is not right, Jeremiah 8.6. To the unrepentance. No man repented of his wickedness, saying, What have I done? Their hearts were hardened. Goodness and severity had both failed. There was no sense of sin, no shame because of evil, no dread of danger. Israel's was the unrepentant heart, and such is the heart of multitudes among us, the heart of our nation, we may say, indeed, the heart of our world. Would to God that we could not say, The heart of the churches. Unrepentance. How dreadful the condition of one to whom this description belongs. Do you repent of your way, O man? Do you say in bitterness of soul, O what, what have I done? 3. The recklessness. Everyone turned to his course, like a horse charging into the battle. He is blind, madly blind, both to danger and to sin. Furiously he plunges on in evil, from sin to sin, from lust to lust, daring every hazard, defying God, braving his anger, setting at nothing his threats, scoffing at his judgments, rushing against his armor, mocking at his hell. How much is there of recklessness among us? Recklessness in sin, crime, self-indulgence, pleasure, and lust. Utter defiance of God bold, unblushing audacity which nothing will daunt, which mocks at judgments, sorrows, trials, sermons, and ministers, and plunges on in evil, treasuring up wrath against the day of wrath. And for the stupidity, even the stork in the sky knows her seasons. We were going to say brutish stupidity, but God means to tell us that it is something worse than that. Beast and bird obey the ordained laws and keep to their appointed seasons. They return when the season calls them. But man discerns nothing, heeds nothing. Times, laws, seasons, and instincts are all disregarded by him. He is void of understanding. He has closed his eye and ear. His whole intellect has lost its power of perception, not only of duty, but also of danger. My people do not know the ordinance of the Lord. Their hearts have become impure. They go down lower than the beasts that perish. Yet God does not leave us. He doesn't say, Leave him alone, in the sense of, Leave him to perish. He stretches out his hands to us. He bends over us. He is long suffering, not wishing for any to perish. 2 Peter 3 9. He listens and listens, as he does at the door of the saint, Malachi 3.16, so of the sinner. What will he hear? Ephraim bemoaning himself, or the words of unbelief and unrepentance and sin?